all yours. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bridget. I'm a queer, gender, queer person in recovery. And it's good to be part of this meeting. Thanks, Marsha, for really, and your mom, too, for helping hatch this idea. And I remember when you first started talking about it, and it was a really cool thing, um, cool idea. And so, yeah, this is the third installment and final installment of um, Rainbow Recovery. And um, I understand that we have a few speakers today. Um, I haven't hosted Saturday in a long time, so I feel very nervous right now. <laughs> um, anyway, um, it's good to be here. Um, I'm glad to be a part of this um, uh, series of meetings. Uh, I've been very kind of all, all throughout my life kind of confused and weirded out by gender and sexuality and stuff like that. So I've been learning a lot more about it in recent years. And I enjoy hearing other people's stories because I can really identify. Um, and, you know, I'm a tomboy who reserves the right to be glamorous. And um, I fall somewhere close to a two on the Kinsey scale. And I will actually place a thing in the chat to explain what that means. But I don't really have a whole lot to say on this subject. Um, I just wanted to kind of give you a brief introduction to myself. And um, it looks like, um, let's see. <laughs> I guess I have to introduce the speakers. Um, yeah, I'm feeling like a rookie right now. I'm a little off too, because I've been a little sick this week. Um, okay, so. Um, we have, it looks, um, our first speaker today is the lovely Marsha. Is that right? <laughs> no, you're not the first speaker. Okay, so the main speaker, Nell and Bex. Yeah, we're putting them, we're putting them reversed and sorry that I neglected to fill you in on this, but I had an emergency with my stepdad. <laughs> That I had to deal with, so that's why I wasn't present. So um, the, the main speaker is going to go first, and I will wrap up the event. So thank you for your patience. We ought never be organized. Bridget, you're fucking awesome. There okay. we go. Jackson, right. <laughs> now you have the floor. Thanks for letting me be of service. We have to go. Oh, okay. It's us. Um, <laughs> hi, everyone. Um, my name is Bex. Um, I'm an alcoholic. My pronouns are they, them, and I identify as queer and non-binary. Um, and I, I'm not, I, I still don't have a handle on what we're supposed to talk about. So I guess we'll just talk about recovery and gender <clears throat> and all that stuff. Um, I'll let now in introduce themselves and then I guess I'm going to talk a bit more. <laughs> Kia ora everyone, I'm Nell, I'm an alcoholic and I am also non-binary and queer and grateful to be sober today and glad that we have been offered this opportunity to be at the meeting with you. And thank you Bridget for um, what you said about being, I mean I know you, you said you've been sick, I'm sorry for that, but that you're a bit off or something because I'm so glad to be at this meeting because I just feel fucking off. And <laughs> so that's a really good time to be at a meeting. So I, I, I want to be able to share positive stuff, but there may it was so good to hear that profanity is allowed because there may be some from me anyway. Um. Yeah. So, so in, in, in the moment we are in the process of moving from New Zealand to the U S while well, we're in the U S at the moment, we, we've landed a couple of weeks ago and we're doing a big road trip and ending up in Montana. And it's actually really quite cool to be in a meeting on the same day as everyone else. Hmm. Um, so that's fun anyway. Um, so, um, I guess I'll just tell a little bit of my story in relation to alcoholism and, sexuality and gender. I'll let Nell do the same and then we can talk about some of the things in Alcoholics Anonymous that have been 
frustrating and hard in this regard. Can I just say something? Uh-huh. Oh, I just wanted to say we don't always dress like matchy-matchy like this, but we're going to a wedding shower. Um, someone in Bex's family, it's an extremely heteronormative religious event, and so we decided to go matchy-matchy, and we're, we're wearing our red Converse that we actually got married in with, with shorts. So that's always a good look. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Anyway, um, uh, yeah, so, um, gosh, I, I grew up in the seventies and eighties in a very religious, um, heteronormative, very strict gender role sort of, um, situation and assigned female at birth and, um, I mean, I, I I don't know how I identified, but at the time, as a small child, I didn't really feel like I was a girl. Um, I didn't know if I was a boy, but I really looked up to my brother and tried to wear his clothes and play with his friends, which was tricky because he was four and a half years older. So, like, nobody wants their, you know, little sibling tagging along at the, with that age age difference at that age. Um, maybe if I had, had actually been viewed as a boy, maybe it would be different. I don't know. But... Um, but um some some fairly um traditional um concepts or or messages about gender were instilled upon me i don't remember ever hearing anything about gay or homosexual as a kid but when i started to realize that i was attracted to girls um i kind of got the feeling that that there was something wrong with that um and told myself it was just a phase. I don't know why. Um, and I was also attracted to boys. Um, but as far as the sexual or the gender part of it, um, yeah, I was somewhat of a tomboy, um, I guess, but I, but I was kind of forced to have long hair and not always to wear dresses necessarily, but, you know, more girly looking, pants or you know boys jeans had pockets and they were quite practical but i didn't ever you know that's why i wanted to wear my brother's clothes his pants were more cool um because they were more utilitarian and anyway that's um but i also find in my current self that it's really hard to talk about these things without using binary language like there just isn't sort you know what's a girl's outfit what's a boy's outfit i don't know um what's girl behavior what's boys boy behavior i don't know um but anyway, um, all, all of this stuff, especially at puberty, became really, um, I, I, think, I think, internally quite difficult to sort of sort out. Plus, there was a lot of trauma in my growing up. And I think, um, I think you know, I'm realizing now there, there were probably a lot of things that went into it. The, the strict religious background, the belief that, you know, you, you could beat children in order to make them the way you wanted them to be, which turns out not to be the case, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, and being neurodivergent, um, I found out a few years ago, I'm actually autistic. Um, and I can see back to, you know, how that um, impacted, you know, my ability to kind of fit in with what I was supposed to do. And um, I, and then I had an eating disorder and I found alcohol at the age of 16 at a family gathering. I, I um, discovered what it could do for me. It, it was amazing. It made all the noise in my head stop. It made all the, you know, my, my ability to cope with the chaos in my family because my, my grandmother was, you know, she, I loved her dearly and she was um, pretty, I don't know, nuts, I guess. I don't, I don't like to use that term, but I can't really quite think of another word. Um, and so that, so I, I think my gender and sexuality had a lot to do with the kind of self-medicating that I was doing. Um, as I got older, um, I left, I left the church that I grew up in, the, you know, the religious, um, Organ, you know, group, um, which actually, to be honest, did I think did make me feel a little bit at sea, sort of spiritually or you know, um, you know, identity wise. 
um, and just kind of made my way to try to explore what was what was happening. And when I finally just, you know, sort of um, decided, I guess, to come out um, as queer, um, it turns out that in the late 80s and early 90s in Baltimore, anyway, and probably most of the U.S. and, you know, talking to now other parts of the world, too, um, there... Um, if you are assigned female at birth and you identify as queer, pretty much the main option for you is that you're a lesbian. You know, if you were bisexual, well, you're just confused. You have to pick a side. Um, if you're, if you're trans or, I mean, gender queer was one thing, um, you know, butch femme, all that sort of thing. But I didn't identify as either one of those. Um, so I was kind of an androgynous lesbian, I guess. Um, but it didn't always sort of fit. Um, but the other thing is that, the, that alcohol was a big part of, um, getting to know myself and fitting into queer communities as well. And, um, all of this is to say that I spent a lot of my life kind of hiding or burying who I was as a person, whether it was trying to be straight when I wasn't, whether it was trying to be a girl when I wasn't, whether it was trying to be, um, a lesbian when I wasn't whatever. Um, and so I, I ended up, I mean, to try to try to shorten this part of the story, I guess a little bit, um, in the late nineties, um, when I finally came out to my parents, that didn't go well at all. And a lot of this like PTSD kind of stuff started happening and I drank more to, um, just try to get rid of the the voices and the flashbacks and the, and the anxiety and got to a point where I was seriously suicidal and ended up hospital hospitalized in a psych hospital and, um, did eventually get sober. Um, I got to AA a few, after a few months of being in the hospital, um, I had gone to some AA meetings and I, and I was really, um, Oh, sorry. We're turning some lights on. Um, I was really taken aback and put off by the gender language in the big book. And this, this has been, this is part of our story in the more, in the more current um, setting because it hasn't changed obviously. Um, and couldn't believe that particularly that women in Alcoholics Anonymous could actually like relate to the male gendered language. Um, I didn't really understand being non-binary at the time. It wasn't a term that anybody used. Um, that came later. And actually that came when one of my brother's children um, came out as non-binary uh, about seven, eight years ago, something like that. I was like, oh, that's how I've always felt. Um, but anyway, I ended up making it to AA and my first home group was actually, um, a queer meeting in Portland, Maine, um, which was really helpful because it did help me to kind of relate how, how my identity such, such, such as it was at the time, because it's evolved since then, um, related to my drinking, um, to my addiction, to my, um, recovery. Um, and it was really helpful because I'd go to these other meetings and, you know, they'd talk about, you know, it was all about men sponsoring men and women sponsoring women. And I didn't really quite understand where you'd fit in that if you, I mean, I, you know, the point was very heteronormative, obviously, as we know, you know, the, the, um, they don't want to have you have any romantic entanglements with your sponsor, but, um, what do you do if you're bisexual? What do you do if you're, um, genderqueer? What do you do? You know, all of that, um, and, and none of that made any sense. And, um, and having people talk about how they didn't believe in special interest meetings. They, I mean, you know, if you were agnostic or atheist, like it, it, it was like you were the, I don't know, like I, 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 I would, um, you know, here first, first I'd hear, um, this is a spiritual program, not a religious program. You don't have to believe in any particular God. It's God of our understanding. And then there was a chapter about the agnostic, which always ends up with, you know, some of us started out as agnostics, but we ended up believing in God. And there was, you know, I, I, 
I've been, I went to meetings where, you know, people who were atheist or agnostic actually got, you know, yelled at by other people, like, or you're not mm-hmm. going to stay sober. And, and, um, and I don't know if I identify as an atheist or an agnostic or, you know, I, I do believe in something. So I guess I'm, you know, that, and I use God as kind of a code word for it sometimes because it's easier. Um, cause I can't explain it. I don't know what it is, but, um, but anyway, so there was that. And then there was like, you know, you don't, we don't need gay and lesbian meetings or LGBTQ meetings. There, there wasn't sort of the whole alphabet. I mean, the T even has been a long time coming in this, you know, definitely the B took a while. Um, <laughs> you know, at, at that time, queer was a bad word. So, and, and the plus, well, forget that. I mean, like what else was, was there? Um, but anyway, the, um, special interest meetings, um, some, the people who usually said, we don't want to go to special interest meetings were straight men, <laughs> you know, they, we, well, we don't want to need women's meetings. We don't need gay and lesbian meetings. We don't need atheist meetings, you know, whatever. Um, but I did, I did have some queer friends who also didn't really think that that was necessary. And, and I, and I felt like, well, it is for me. I mean, I went, I went to um, a roundup in Provincetown when I was in my first year, it was a completely queer, it was like thousand people in recovery who were queer. And it was amazing because I could actually tell the parts of my story that I couldn't tell at other meetings. Um, it's a little bit easier now to tell more of my story, but even so, especially after realizing that I'm actually non-binary, I mean, we've, we've gotten into some, crazy shit with people in, in New Zealand. And I'm sure it's happened in the U S too, um, about the language and whatnot. Um, so other parts of my life, I ended up in a relationship with a woman, um, when I was about a year sober. Um, and I think, Oh, you know, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. Um, I was at a meeting last night where somebody talked about making bad decisions in early sobriety. And the thing, but the thing is, if I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have my kid. I wouldn't have eventually ended up doing all the self-reflection and, you know, deep work that I needed to do. Um, and I wouldn't have met now. Um, I stayed sober through the whole time, even though it was incredibly difficult. And I did that by throwing myself into step work and working the program and so I think I benefited from that um, quite a lot. And I was in that relationship for about 15 years. We moved to New Zealand. Um, my ex and my kid actually, who actually identifies as non-binary as well, um, and is 16 now, moved back to Montana. And then the pandemic happened and I couldn't, we couldn't see them for um, two and a half years. So that's why we've decided to move here. Um, so I I did a really, really major fourth step the year after I separated from my ex, um, which really helped me um, to get, a, and, and a lot of other soul searching, to get more clarity about my sexuality and my gender and also about what I might look for in a partner should I ever find myself in that situation, which basically I kind of made a mental list of all the criteria and figured that person never existed. They were like, you know, the unicorn or whatever. And so I put that aside and thought, phew, I don't have to worry about that. I, I can just be happily myself, you know, live, live on my own, do my thing. Um, not very long after that thought probably six months or so i i guess i went to a convention a national convention in new zealand and one of the first speakers was Nell, and it was kind of this love at first sight sort of thing and yeah anyway <laughs> but one of the things is i mean Nell met all the Nell met all the criteria now Nell was in recovery i mean that was number one i wanted to be with somebody in recovery and i think what how that ended up how that came about was because my ex-partner just sort of didn't have any um, any kind of program and was just, I went to a meeting one time and I said, I need a program for people who live with people who need a program. And somebody told me that was Al-Anon and, you know, I, I went to Al-Anon a bit, but, um, I never, I've never actually lived with somebody who was actively 
drinking or using. So I felt like I didn't quite fit in there, but, um, I now live with a recovering alcoholic and we definitely have our, you know, craziness that we have to navigate, but, um, but yeah, so, so now, now was, um, also in this place of exploration of gender and, and, and sexuality and, um, and it's, it's been pretty awesome, you know, to navigate that together. Um, and also to go to meetings together and, and say our prayers to our higher power of our non-understanding, you know, and to, to have a, you know, sense of like asking for help, um, you know, um, to, to, um, know that there's something outside of ourselves, even if it's all you guys, I mean, that's a big thing is that we're supported by millions of people around the world. And with the pandemic, we've been able to meet many of, I mean, many of you I see on the screen that I would have never met before. And some of you we're going to see in person. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> hey, Liam, <laughs> um, on this road trip. So that's really cool. Cause what, how would that have happened if it hadn't been for this pandemic? Um, so I think one of the things that was on the list of things Marsha mentioned talking about, which was kind of broad was family and identity. And, um, we, we both have children. Um, as I said, I have a 16 year old who identifies as non-binary and pansexual, I think, um, which is interesting. Cause I actually think my ex is one of those lesbian turfs. Um, I don't, I don't know. I tread lightly in saying that word because some people find it really offensive, but um, isn't really sort of on board and probably, I don't know this for sure, probably thinks I've just gone off the deep end. Interestingly, so do my parents. So that's the whole thing about this, you know, the strange bedfellows I mean, <laughs> um, or whatever, that they're sort of on the same page with that regard, in that regard. But um, anyway, I'm really going off the track here. Um, it's it's been a bit of a journey um with with the kids and kind of trying to accept this part of our identity i suppose and then i um i went a bit further with it and started hormones and had top surgery and a lot you know in this binary world i either present as female especially if i shave off the facial hair or i present as male if i have the facial hair and it's like one or the other and people just can't sort of, you know, get their heads around they, them pronouns, especially at our age, like, you know, we're in our fifties and the, the young people are all across it, but, um, yeah, everybody else, I don't know. So, um, I might let Nell talk and then maybe we can talk a little bit about some of the bumps we've hit in AA as well. Like that might be something you can talk about if you want, or we can. Sure trade-off. Sure thing. So anyway, I, you, I don't know if I just stop that in the middle or if that's um, enough, but I'm sure you, we can resume. You can resume. <laughs> okay. Well, um, kia ora again. I'm Nell. I'm an alcoholic and please excuse me doing lots of yawning. I feel so tired. Um, like we've been doing all this driving and I just think it does sort of add up after a while. You get a bit tired when you're just driving day after day. I think we've done over 3000 miles so far. And, um, yeah, but maybe, I, maybe the whole thing is just a bit tiring, you know, moving countries, but, um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I was really glad that we had this meeting to come to, cause we just got, speaking of gender binary, we just got off the phone from bank of America. What a fucking shit show that bank is. I'm sorry, but I come from New Zealand. It's this country of 5 million and we have an, a, we have a superb banking system, you know, like we're actually in the current century. Um, this guy, he said to me to get me to be, have authorization for the credit card. Cause I do, I've been through debtors anonymous, you know, like I track all of our spending. I am the accountant for the family. And yet I'm now with a bank that will not give me access to the transactions. So I have reliant on Bex for, you know, telling me everything. But plus you have to have a credit card. You have to have a credit card in this country to like get anywhere. I mean, I went through debtors anonymous. I don't have a credit card. I don't want to have debt anyway. Um, and 
Oh, I've just forgotten my train of thought now. Oh, the guy on the phone who was... Yeah, what did he say? Mis- oh, yeah. Yeah, so so he starts talking about my partner and he, and I just go along with it now. I'm just like, yep, he's he's gone down to get ice. He'll be back. Yes, he can verify his identity. And then, so then I become she. So it's he and she. And I, I had already said to him at the start of the call, you know, you can call me, please call me Nell, because I'm non-binary, so I don't identify with ma'am. But, yeah, people don't get it. So, um, yeah, so then Bex comes back and he starts talking to, you know, Mr. Canner, and then Bex said, well, it's Dr. Canner. And then suddenly he calls Bex ma'am. I don't know why, because of the voice. I mean, honestly, that's why I'm so glad to be sober, because if I wasn't sober, I would have just blown a gasket at that person. As it was, I did become a little passag and like in a, you know, hopefully in a way that wasn't discernible, but I do like start speaking very sort of slowly and deliberately. And at the end I said, Tara, that's like, that's the worst it gets now. Beck said, well, what does Tara mean? And I said, I don't know. It's the thing I picked up in the UK, but it's something I say when I'm really fucked off instead of goodbye. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's the state in which I, come to this meeting. Um, I am a much nicer person. It's probably hard to believe, but I'm a much nicer person as a sober person. Um, I guess when I was drinking, which I did up until my late thirties with some, a couple of breaks to have a couple of kids. Um, I did try to be a nice person, but I, didn't see any harm in getting angry about stuff and having that sort of righteous, justifiable anger. And I still battle with that in sobriety. I battle with, or I, not battle, but, well, I do battle. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, I have had some anger on this trip and um, I'm just really glad that I haven't picked up a drink, you know, because I have... I'm sorry to say, but after being, this is my 14th year of sobriety, I have actually had the feeling of wanting to get out of it on this trip. You know, when we went to Los Angeles, everyone was smoking weed all around us. And I, and I had this insane thought of, like, oh, I could smoke weed. Other people do. And, you know, that's not alcohol. I mean, I, I'm not going to do it. It's just the thought that comes in. Um, and just before when I was sitting, cause we we've been staying in all these motel sixes, which has been great. I mean, it's also been interesting, you know, not necessarily, that's sort of using that word as a euphemism, but, um, it's, it's been great and an, and an eye opener, but I was sitting here cause from where I'm sitting now, I can look out the door and I can see a freeway and there's like all these cars just going like that, which is not something that you see in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I had this thought of like, oh, I could just sit out there later and like have a cigarette. You see, I gave up smoking when I gave up drinking. So that's never going to be good if I start smoking again. Um, yeah, so I don't know. There's so many thoughts in my head. Like um, the whole Bex mentioned about it being a, gen- a journey with our gender. You know, the kids... I think you said something like it's been a journey with our kids. I don't, I wasn't quite sure what you were meaning by that, but well, I mean, my kids have just accepted my identification as gender non-binary. There were, there I, were some bumps at first, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, I, I sort of don't really register that, to be honest. It didn't I, take long. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my younger girl is 15. My older girl is 23. They've both gripped it up pretty much. The older girl, when I said I was going to have top surgery, she she felt a bit... Um, strange about that, I think, which is, uh, you know, understandable. Um, yeah, I, it's just, it's, it, it's just interesting being in, I mean, in Wellington, where we lived in New Zealand, I was a lot more, um, I, sorry, we're just having a little interruption here. Yeah, the kids are asking us for some toothpaste. Um, yeah, I I was a lot more, uh, what's the word, assertive about being non-binary. 
and I would just tell people my pronoun is they, my pronoun is they, Bex's pronoun is they, you know, but here I sort of feel like I haven't got necessarily the energy for it. I, and and Bex, Bex, Bex is okay with being called he, and so I've just started going along with it because yeah. I can't be fucked. I mean, people just can't, they just can't fucking get it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I I don't know, that's quite weird. Um, I did think this morning, gosh, I must write a gratitude list because I know, you know, there are things, there are really key things I've learned in sobriety. One of them is about uh, meditation, which I have not been doing. We have brought our shark mats with us on this road trip and they have just been rolled up in the car. We haven't laid them out. Like typically we might lay them out in our bed and just do some meditation. We haven't been doing that. Um, a gratitude list, I know that's a really good thing, and I thought about doing one this morning because, I, you know, I worry that if I stay in this kind of groove of that, I, that I'll just get really down in the dumps and drinking will seem like an option. And, um, yeah, I don't want to go to that place. So, yeah, I, I guess when I got sober, um, drinking had stopped working for me. And by that I mean it wasn't giving me the ease and comfort that it had given me in earlier years. Um, and I just think it would... There's, there's no ease and comfort that I would obtain through drinking now. Um, it's just that I feel really discombobulated and like, what am I doing here? Like it was my idea to move to America. And now I'm like, what am I doing here? You know, like we've, we've, we've got this beat up old car. Do you know that little things make me happy? Like I am so happy to look out the window of this motel and see the car in the shade. I never thought I'd feel so happy to have shade for my car because in New Zealand, we don't have heat. It's just, you know, I mean, people moan about the weather. They just don't know. They don't know how good they've got it. Um, so yeah, we've got this, we've got this clunker of a car, which we've, you know, spent thousands of dollars on fixing already. Um, and we've got each other and we've still got a bit of cash in the bank. So I guess, you know, and we've got sobriety. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, sorry, Bex has been so much more positive than me. Um, I mean, I'm just feeling really weird. So, you know, I've had, I've had, I've had times, I don't know if I've had a time in my life where I felt like this, actually, because I guess since I got sober, I've been, I was living in the same town, I've, you know, was able to, as I mentioned, I went to Debtors Anonymous as well. I went through Al-Anon. I did the 12 steps twice in Al-Anon and once in Debtors Anonymous. And I still practice the principles of those programs to the best of my ability. Um, I felt pretty kind of stable, you know, and I've and my life got, got better and better. And then the most amazing thing happened. I met this person right here. And, and I, and honestly, I just, it's something I never thought would happen. I never thought that I would actually meet someone who loved and cherished me for who I am, you know, and would would accept me. I had terrible, terrible dysfunctional relationships with people that, um, you know, bless them, they did the best they could, but it was never going to work. You know, I spent years pushing, pushing shit uphill with other people, and it's it's not to say we don't have our ups and downs. Gosh, we certainly do. And we've had them on this trip, you know. Um, we had a, we, we had a um, thing a, few, a couple of weeks ago where we were in the middle of, where were we? Arizona? But Bex went, got out of the car, went and sat under a tree and said, just leave me here. I'll, I'll catch a plane ticket. I'll, catch, I'll get a plane ticket and I'll fly back to New Zealand. It was like, gosh, that's... You know, Bex didn't even have any money on them. Um, <laughs> it's it's been testing, and especially with the kids. You know that the kid that we came here for, whom we've not seen for a couple of years. You know, like recohering as a as a family. Yeah, it's 
it's it's been challenging, but it's also been great. And when it can't, I, I just wanted to talk briefly about higher power, which you know, I really come and go with that. Um, I mean, as Bex mentioned about you know that there's some there's some what are they what are they called um, like dominant narratives or you know there's there's like the canon in AA like that there's you know you must do it this way you must believe in God you shouldn't take medication you know I, I I've had I've had big run-ins with people over medication which I take and I've had really bad consequences when I've stopped taking my medication um, but, you know because I've thought that it might be I'm one sponsor said to me, oh, I'm just worried that you're not living in the full sunlight of the spirit because you take antidepressants. <laughs> um, and, you know, you shouldn't worry about small things like the literature. So what if it says he? So what if it says man everywhere? That means everyone. He means everyone. I, you know, we're, 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 there have been times in AA in the last two years in particular where I've thought I cannot stay in AA because I just cannot roll with all of this stuff, you know, and I can't, um, I mean, I, I had to quit a service position in New Zealand. I was, I was responsible for answering all the emails that came in through the AA website that, you know, people asking for help to get sober. And because I, I did not, I said that I would not, quote the AA preamble, AA is a fellowship of men and women, that I would say it was a fellowship of people. By the way, this is after the decision had been made in America to change that word. Because I refused to say that I would say it was a fellowship of people, uh, men and women, I, I had to quit. I had to quit the service position because even though whenever someone wrote in for help to get sober, I would never quote the preamble to them anyway because what is someone that wants to get sober going to think of the preamble? They want to be talked to in human language. Like, you know, what AA is about. Is it, I mean, yeah. So um, the, the reason I've stayed in AA, well, one, we belonged to a queer group in New Zealand, a queer online group, which sustained us through the pandemic. Um, two, I don't want to drink. Actually, sorry, one, I don't want to drink. <laughs> one, I don't want to drink and I don't want to go back to that life that I had, which, you know, it was, wasn't really terrible. Nothing, I, was, it was very, I was very fortunate. Nothing really terrible happened to me. But I don't want to go back to that because my life as a sober person has been the most um, sort of serene and content that, you know, I've had um, in my adult life or, or as a child and adolescent. Um, and I want to keep being as having a chance of being as good a person as I can. And I feel like I have that when I try and do things the AA way or just, yeah, you, you know, um, take a pause, be grateful, try and act well, try, try and be kind to other people, um, try and be of service. I don't always see that as it has to be service in AA. I try and just be of service in the world. To, to others as I can. Um, I, a, a, and I don't want to be the running, the, the, the runner, the, the director. I don't want to be the director of my own show. You know, I want to, I mean, it's not that I believe in this God up in the sky. I don't even know what I believe in, honestly. And sometimes I think that, you know, if there is a God, what the fuck? What the fuck is God doing? You know, because everything's in such a fucking mess. Um, but I do find when I hand things over and when I ask for guidance, I don't know who I'm asking it of, that things tend to go better. That if I, like in a moment of stress, if I say, please guide my thoughts and my actions, then I'm more likely to act well than if I don't do that and if I just let myself go into a really negative groove um yeah so and I'm really glad to be a sober parent my um my daughter smokes marijuana my one in New Zealand she smokes marijuana every day and um 
she sees that as preferable to being an alcoholic. I see it as the same. She's addicted to her drug. I was addicted to mine. Um, but I'm glad that I'm not drinking while she's going through her own thing, you know, um, and and also that I can think, well, it's her journey, it's her life. I'm responsible for my side of the street, and as long as I keep that clear and I'm I'm there for her, you know, at, as a parent and I'm a, I'm a calm, loving stable presence then that's the best thing I can be and same for um our other our other kids you know the younger ones um yeah so I just feel like I've rambled on honestly and I'm sorry if I have rambled on and it's been really dull I just I'm not myself you know has to be said I think the heat too the heat kind of we're just not used to it New Zealanders aren't built for this. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. Um, I don't know. Should I say anything else? Say, um, say something, please. Say something. Say something uh, wise and wonderful. Like oh, do. I don't know. I mean, I, I was just, I was just thinking about. I mean, yeah, we were talking about this earlier, and Nelson. Ah, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna all have you know positive rosy um, things to say about AA, and I feel the same. Like I, I probably come across to a lot of people as being more chill. I think that's autism, actually. Um, it's really hard for me to sort of express what's actually feeling inside. People who are autistic do have feelings and empathy, let me tell you, if you don't know. Um, but we just don't always <laughs> express um, the things. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess, I guess the thing, you know, just to expand the thing, the thing with AA is we actually, went to battle about the about the preamble and about um um just how how gender neutral language was important and why it was important to us um Noel Garrett gave a great speech at the um, assembly about you know Bill wouldn't have wanted anybody to be left out and um um that people are put off by the way this language is um and I know there's a lot of objection to tra- changing the big book and whatnot. And I, you know, I can see that side, but it's, it's, um, it's kind of like superstition. You know, we went to a meeting, um, in Wellington, like we just, we went, to, we specifically went to their conscience group so that we could let them know that the preamble had been updated. And one guy was so angry. He was practically frothing at the mouth. He had to leave the meeting because he said we were just bringing up stuff that was completely peripheral and nothing to do with being sober. And all you need to do to be sober is go to AA and just, you know, be part of the group. It was really quite hilarious. Like, I mean, just go along with it. But I I couldn't go back to that meeting. You know, I just thought, well, I'm not going to spend time with these people. It doesn't feel safe. Some, some, some old presumably straight dude told us we couldn't use the word queer either, but oh yeah. anyway, (laughs) but we were definitely queer. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of stuff about this that that can be tricky. Um, you know, being read as a straight couple, like I don't know. I mean, I didn't I didn't come out 30 years ago to you know suddenly be back in the closet. Um, but but yeah, so the thing is that the positive side is that it, there there have been a lot of people in AA who have thanked us for speaking up. You know, in in New Zealand, I mean, it is a small place, but you know, people who um, may be walking the same journey as us or, you know, have have trans, non-binary, queer kids or, or whatever, who who aren't who aren't also aren't com- comfortable with the language. Um, I mean, we're we're too old to give a fuck, really, um, about what people think, I guess. Um, and and I think that's also part of our program, um, you know, and and what I have learned from Al-Anon is, you know, I don't give a fuck it's not it doesn't matter what other people think i mean you know we still and sorry i'm just i'm just kind of stuttering here um coming to maryland where i grew up and my parents live here and my parents are just completely off you know they're you know as i as i said i mean the the last um Prior to this, the last major interaction with my parents, my my father just like bullied us and gave us this big lecture about how we'd gone further off the rails because of our, gen, you know, embracing our gender identity. Um, 
And last night we had dinner with them at the retirement community. And notably, they didn't introduce us to any of their friends. Um, I, I think Yay. They, yeah, which is fine because I was just dreading, like, how are they going to introduce us? <laughs> but um, it's the first time they've met Nell in person. Um, and um, it, it is, I have to say, it's a really, it, it can feel like a really destabilizing thing. And we're planning to go to two meetings today, this one and an in-person one that I've been to before. Um, the this shower for my niece who... Um, I think identifies as bisexual and is marrying a man, um, but is also still really in this religious sort of framework. And I think really, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure what the story is. Um, she has at least a couple of older siblings who identify as non-binary and one of whom has a partner who identifies as non-binary. And um, there's there's a lot of kind of this undertone of this, this is a very heteronormative kind of event that's going to be held at the retirement community because there's a free venue for family members. Um, where your parents live. Where my parents live. And um, and there's this whole family of queer young people. And it's really interesting. My, my parents who, you know, have had to kind of come to, not my parents, my, my older brother who's had to come to grips with, um, you know, these queer kids in his family. And then my parents who can't, who can't just can't get with the program, you know, they can't accept it, but they have to. And my father actually has made me a scapegoat. Like somehow I'm supposed to like, I'm at fault for all this. I'm supposed to be, you know, making this better. So what does that have to do with AA? Well, basically it has, it's everything like the same stuff that I drank over, you know, when I was a kid, um, is happening still, and I don't have to drink over it. Mm. And I have a way to deal with it. Like, you know, we're, we're going to be late to the shower because of this meeting, which is awesome, but it's good to have an excuse. And also we can leave early if we want to. And um, we are going to have a, a barbecue with my one of my nibblings. That's if you don't know the gender neutral term for niece or nephew, um, with only those of us in the family who are, cool and supportive. Um, they really appreciate having us, you know, kind of as part of their life. Um, and that I don't have to take on the blame of being, you know, my nibblings feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a lightning rod. I'm like a beacon of hope for them rather than, you know, some kind of bad influence. They think, they think I'm a good influence, which is great. I just wanted to say something about not having to drink because, um, it is really good not having to drink over stuff. I mean, I, I drank, I spent a lot of time drinking over hurts, hurts and angers mm -hmm. from my family of origin. And it's, it's lovely not to have to do that now. And it's lovely not to have to do it over someone else's family. Um, like the last thing that Bex's mother said to us last night before we left was that they stopped, they didn't know Motel 6 existed anymore because they stopped saying, staying in it when it became overrun with prostitutes and drug dealers. And, you know, my daughter is actually a sex worker, and I applaud her for that. Um, and instead of, you know, going into some angry diatribe or just flouncing off, I said, well, everyone has to make a living, and they don't bother us, um, which I probably could have been more articulate and, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, this is the kind of people we're dealing with. Jeez, how you know how Christian is that? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, I guess the I guess the whole whole thing the whole thing that's on my mind today is gratitude. Um, I'm I'm grateful for how this program has helped me and us, I guess, to come to terms with our identity and is helping us to just live in the world with all its ups and downs without having to annihilate our own brains mm. um, and our you know and and that we can show up and be good people for those of us in our family who mm. you know need need that yeah you know and there, i just remembered something that from the book because you know there let's face it there are a few helpful things in the book in the big book um and one of them i remember is about trying to pack into the stream of life rather than take and it's at events like this yeah, I mean, I'm going to say that to myself as we drive to it, like, please, please help me to give 
and pack into the into the flow of this event loving good stuff you know it's not about me it's not about whether i have a good time um i'll just do what i can to be pleasant and be helpful and yeah um i mean i don't i don't mean to diss all of the aa program or the big book or whatever you know there is heaps of helpful stuff in there and from which i've benefited i'm just really grateful that when i got sober at the age of 38 I'm, i'm now nearly 52 I wasn't identifying as gender non-binary because I would have found that incredibly hard. I'm glad that at the time I identified as a woman, I was fine with that. Okay. You know, I'd always had some stuff with my gender, but when I was growing up, gender non-binary wasn't a thing. We didn't have the options. You were just, you know, you just had to be a girl basically. Um, And I wasn't creative enough or brave enough to make my own gender. Um, If I was coming into AA now, geez, I don't know if I would get sober because so off, so off putting. And I just think for all the people that must grapple with getting sober because of the language. However, there are some really good things in the books, in the literature and, you know, good sayings, like some of those sayings that are on the cards, you know, in that archaic sort of scrolly writing, like live and let live, um, easy does it. I don't know about the think, think, think because sometimes I think it's good just not to think, but, um, you know, there's, there's some helpful stuff and I'm glad AA is still going. I do think it needs a major refit, but I guess, you know, as long as it keeps going, it's got the chance to get refurbished and, you know, be more attractive to more people. Cool. I, I, Oh, gosh, we've spoken for a long time, and um, I think we should stop there. I agree. Thank you all for listening to our ramble. Yeah, thank and, you. <laughs> um, yeah, Thank you very much for we having us. We need to go soon. Um, thank you, Nell and Bex. It was fascinating and just awesome to hear you all speak, and so many things um, jumped out, and it was just great to hear you, and Thank you for highlighting that sex work is work. Um, I think that was very important. Um, And leave whenever you need to. I understand you have obligations today, Um, but just thank you so much for your service today and your message. Um, Okay, so it looks like we now have our other speaker who hopefully has gotten herself prepared and um, is ready to share her story. Our lovely organizer and um, creator of this event, Marsha. Lovely, I'm not sure if I'm the lovely today. Um, hey family, uh, I'm an alcoholic and an addict. My problem is Marsha. And um, so thank you very much, um, Bex and Nell, um, for your share. I'd also like to thank all the others that have been involved with this, um, this series so far, um, so that would include Zanner and um, <clears throat> Juliana, Tracy C. Um, uh, I, oh, I can't remember the, the gentleman's name. It was the very first, uh, Corey spoke, and um, his last name is with, with a B. Matt. You, Matt, that's it. There you go. And Stephanie. Uh, Matt and Stephanie um, being involved in this. It's been, um, it's been really interesting uh, learning about uh, all these different things. And this is different things that are within the community that I'm supposed to be in. Um, well, not supposed to be in the community that I'm in. Um, but I can honestly say when my mother uh, asked me that question, uh, you know, what do all those letters stand for anyways? I was like, damned if I know. Um, I am from, like, I came out when I was 18. Uh, well, 19. Um, and I wasn't one of those, let's quietly sneak out of the closet and, and, uh, and, and just, you know, kind of walk around quietly. And, you know, I, I, I like blew the closet doors off when I, when I figured out, um, what the name, who I was, who I was. And it wasn't, this is not one of those things that is a choice because my mom would always say, you know, this is your choice. And and, uh, no, this is not my choice. This is, this is who I am. You know, some things in life for me have been choices, but but this was not one of them. And so, um, 
if we're looking at at the letters that 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 are represented for this one, it was LGBTQP2S plus straight allies. So um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, pansexual, two spirited. Uh, plus includes all of the other things in there along the, the gender fluidity and the non-binary and, and all of those things. I always thought that the plus was for the um, for the, the, the supporters um, and allies, but it's not. The plus includes all the other genders that are in there. Um, and then there's uh, um, the straight allies. And um, I think I think we've managed to within one person, we can get so many of those different labels that are there. Um, so if I were to look at these labels and, and see where I fit in, um, I, I would I am a lesbian. And I think it's like that's not a common thing anymore. You know, it's it's like we're being we were being sourced out by um by with all the other labels that are coming in and 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 somebody asked me just recently, you know, so so you're, and I said I'm Marsha, <laughs> and but they wanted they wanted they wanted the label to come out. They wanted the label to come out, and I said, well, I guess I would, if I were to pick one, I'd be I'd be a lesbian. And they said, and and, and what? there's no other I, I i don't attach anything else with 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 that you know the the, the definition that they have there lesbian is a, a woman who's uh, e emotionally and uh, socially mentally all of that attracted to another another woman and um and that's the way it has been for me and how how does that tie into with with sobriety well it doesn't it didn't tie into sobriety um i i i didn't think that there was possible for people to get clean and sober within the, the um, within the gay community. Um, so when I came out at 19, uh, my mother called me home. Um, I was living with with a partner that I just recently got gotten together with, and she called me home to to tell me that it was okay for people to be gay, but black people can't be gay. And and I I thought that was quite interesting, and and then we proceeded to have the conversation of the fact that this was just a phase that I was going through, and uh, and and that I would, you know, I would eventually outgrow it, and um, I don't I don't think so. Much. So I'm and I'm talking to a very Christian woman, and my mom is is born again Christian in every single way you could possibly think of. Um, yes, I do have religious trauma and, and all of those things, and. I'm not going to get into it, all of that, but, um, you know, my mother had said to me, you know, you're going to be lonely for the rest of your life. And, um, you know, when it comes to these, the, the labels and everything like that, that I don't really, I'm not too keen on labels. Um, but I know that there's a benefit. There's certain labels that I'm, I'm very proud of and I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah, it gets confusing with me, you know, just like, all the letters in, in the community. It gets confusing to me. I don't, sometimes I don't know which way's up and which way's down. And, you know, um, um, I, I was, I was just getting into my, my the, the height of my drinking and drugging. Um, when I, when I, when I was out, um, and being in the community, I, I didn't know which way to go. And, and, you know, when I came out, we had, we had, um, you know, pride day, um, you know, it was Gay Pride Day, and, and shortly after that, it became Gay Pride Day. But Saturday was was um, the Dyke March happened, and that's when the, the the women had their day. And then you know, there was Gay Pride Day, and and then eventually the Friday became um, the, the Trans Day, and so it was Trans Day, and then there was the Women's Day, and then there was the Gay Pride thing. And it just kept the community just kept separating and separating and separating, and it didn't make any sense to me at all. Um, you know, because there's so many struggles and frustrations and things like that that are going on out there, yet the community just keeps dividing itself and dividing itself and dividing itself. And that's exactly what I also experienced coming into coming into AA. Um, you know, when you look at the, the, the traditional versus the, the secular, but within secular, there's so many different categories that are in there. And I understand that, you know, I identify and, you know, women need to have women's meeting and men need to have men's meeting. It's a, and all that I, I can see I can see the big picture of all of that when it comes right down to it sometimes sometimes I see them as, as all these things as, as barriers um, and and sometimes I can get really like like down about that you know um, I didn't understand as I watched the gay community separate itself and and sometimes I don't understand uh, 
as I watch the, the recovery um, community separate themselves. Um, you know, I just, I just want to be sober. I want to be sober. I want to be clean. I want to be sober. I want to be with, with, with people that, that helped me on my journey. Um, but this is all just so confusing. And I don't know if anybody else feels that way um, with what's going on, but I mean, like trying to figure out my ass from my elbow when it comes to how the hell do I stay sober one more time? And now you want to put a label on a label on, on, on top of all of those things. Um, you know, and I've got, and I've got a couple of struggles going on when it comes to the whole identifying and everything like that. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's the, the, the BIPOC community and, you know, the, again a lot of trauma and everything like that that's that's a community that i i would you know kind of sort of stay clear of you know i would i would do a lot of fighting for women's rights and i do a lot of standing up for for the lgbt um but i, I wasn't too keen on on the bipoc thing and this is the i'm learning about it now that i'm you know now that there's a lot of different meetings that are popping up and stuff like that but um it's weird it's weird and it's uncomfortable. Um, so when, and I know that I'm all over the place and this is, I'm just speaking like what's going on within here right now. Um, I don't want to be a divided person. Um, I don't want to be the, the labels. I don't want to be any of those things. I just want to be me and I want to be free to love who I love. Um, and, uh, and and I try and I try and conduct myself that way. I do my best, um, but sometimes you know conversations become unavoidable. I get asked different questions. What's it like being a black person in in um, in, in 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 recovery? I was put on a panel when I first came in, and that was a question that was asked. You know, my my panel question was, where do you fit into a male, Caucasian, heterosexual, God based fellowship? Why, why do I, why do I got to look at all those things, you know? Um, I'm very, I'm very, very happy for people to be who they are and, and use whatever label it is that, that you need to use um, for yourself. Um, there's a lot of work involved in trying to figure out what all these things are, though. You know, even after doing this, this is the third part of this series, and I can be honest with you that I'm still not 100% sure what some of these, um, what, what, what some of the letters stand for, you know, what exactly is a queer person? What exactly is a pansexual person? What, if, what exactly, you know, makes this different from, from this one? I'm still, I'm still really confused. Um, but what I can say about all this is since we've started doing this, 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 um, this series, I have met people that, um, you know, openly identify in, in those categories. And I'm learning about it. I'm learning about it. And, um, and that's quite incredible. Um, I'm learning about how to navigate through all of this um, and stay sober at the same time, you know. Um, I don't know if, I, if I've touched on anything that I, I had going through my head um, at all. Um, but, uh, you know, all, all I know is I'm, I'm proud to be part of the, uh, the LGBT community. Um, I've never hidden who I am, um, or anything like that. I don't hide the fact that I am an alcoholic or an addict. Um, this program, the, the 12 steps, the way I've interpreted them for me, because this is Marsha's recovery that, that I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about Bill and Bob's recovery. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not a 30 something stockbroker or ass doctor or, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, is growing up in the, in, in the thirties, right? This is like 2022 and I'm a black woman and I'm becoming very proud of that. I'm proud of who I am. Right. But if you want to break it down in labels and all of that stuff, Right. As a person of color, black woman, whatever, whatever you want to use, I'm becoming comfortable within my skin when it comes to that. Um, I'm a I'm a proud woman. I'm very honored to be a woman. I think women are beautiful. Absolutely. Well, men are, too. But, you know, um, as part of the LGBT community, I'm, I'm very proud to be part of, of, of such a, a, a diverse group of people 
um, that uh, have opened up my eyes to so many different things, um, just about life and love in, in, in general and all that stuff, you know. Um, I'm a tam proud alcoholic, you know. Um, uh, I'm, I'm an addict as well, you know. I'm learning that I'm codependent. Um, yeah, those are a lot of different labels, you know, but underneath all of that, underneath all of that, um, I'm Marsha. I'm Marsha, just a person that's trying to learn a little bit more about who I am and how I fit into this world, uh, one step at a time, one day at a time. Um, and I have all of you all to, to, to help me out with it. And, uh, and that's pretty cool. That really is pretty cool. So I do want to thank everybody for being here and taking the time to, uh, to, to, to come out and, and listen. And, 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 you know, I would love to be able to, um, continue doing a little series like these. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there and, 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 and give a little warning. The next thing that I want to do is I want to do the old gaze. I did not say old days as in the back in the day. No, we're going to do the old gays. There's, there's some, there are some people within the LGBT community right here, right? Of the older generation that I learn so much from every day. And I want to learn so much more. I want to know what it's like to have gotten sober in 1969, knowing that you're um, an atheist and a lesbian. Um, I want to know what that was like. I want to know the different stories that went on. And to, just like when in, the, in our community, um, I learned about Stonewall and what we stood for and everything like that. And now I want to I want to learn what, about what it was like for people that, that came before me. Um, yeah. So and if anybody's ever got any ideas about anything that they want to do, right, just uh, put your put your ideas forward. Find a find a group that will let you use their platform. And, uh, and and put it out there because that's the amazing thing about the free thinkers um, and all that stuff. You know, we talk about those things that 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 bother us. Nothing is an outside issue. There's absolutely nothing on this planet that is an outside issue because if, if it affects me and my sobriety, um, then it, it's 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 an issue that I need to talk about. And that's not an outside issue. It's not. So, thanks very much. Um, I do love you all. I always say, keep your head out of your butt and keep doing the next right thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's it for me. So I'm going to turn it back over to, um, to Bridget, um, a huge part of my recovery circle and thank you, Xanner, um, and Megan and, um, and everybody else who's here. Um, and Mark, 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 Mark's really annoying. You know, he's like, take an idea and he's like, well, why don't you do this? Why don't you do it? And I'm very happy to know him. Um, cause he keeps my service, um, my service bug going. So thank you, Mark. and and, and and Tosnua and and all of you. Um, and I hope you all have a great day. Thanks. Thank you, Marsha. Great to hear from you. Great to hear more about your story. And um, so are we going to open up the floor or are we closing out or just 